Hey everybody, welcome to episode 164.5 of 15 with Andy and Dorcia. Hello. Hello. This is our second straight never before special Friday evening edition of the podcast. With only one more week to go, week five of our God Is series, we're keeping pace with the four that preceded it. Dorcia, and how do I pronounce your last name? Jolliffe. Jolliffe. Yeah. See, I was going to say Jolliffe. And so last night I chastised myself. We put out a Wednesday episode uh-huh. and I was like, I should have asked the name because the week before I was all proud of myself, the Moniers. Yeah, I got it right. Yes. I guessed and I got it right. Yes. I didn't even try because I'm like, it's going to be wrong. I just knew in my heart. Uh-huh. So I didn't say it. I was so like, my husband always says, say Jolly and then add an F. Jolly F? Jolliff. Jolliff? <laughs> yeah, Jolly. Jolly. Jolliff. Yes. Jolliff. Dorcia Jolliff. There you go. Right? Okay, I got it. You got it. Well, now, if you haven't watched the message yet, please do, because Dorcia came at us with smiles, spreadsheets, and root cause analysis determinations for all those who can identify with the plight of the biblical Martha. And as I alluded to in this past Wednesday's short episode, please do go back and watch that message. You can swipe up in today's show notes or go to hospitalchurch.org slash sermon, and it will be the most recent installment of the God Is series in the archives to view this message and her story. It'll give you the proper context for today's conversation. But before we begin, last week's installment of our God Is series was by Carla and Daniel Monier, where Carla's description of a perfect day has given us new meaning and new perspectives. She said, now when I think of my perfect day, I don't think about this world because I don't think there will be a day in this world where I won't have physical or emotional pain. My perfect day is being with the ones that I love walking next to Jesus in heaven. Oof. It's hard to get past that final visual after listening to their story, listening to their podcast and the extra things that they shared and not just have a different perspective on what's important to us in this life. That's true. Mm. Very true. All right, I want to start this week with Dorcia with the intro or the synopsis paragraph that outlined your message. Sure. It reads, we like to be in charge. We like the planning and the scheduling and the organizing and having the final say in what happens and how it happens. However, our desire to be in charge is only an effort to exert control over things none of us can actually control. What if we let go, even just a little bit, because God is in control? (laughs) And as I read this after sitting through the message in the front row, because Sparkle loves to sit in the front row. Of course. (laughs) I read this numerous times after hearing it, your message, and I couldn't help but read it in the voice of Dorcia and saying, Dorcia likes to be in charge. Dorcia likes the planning and the scheduling, etc. But then my eyes began to substitute Dorcia for my and I throwing myself under that same proverbial bus that I just threw you under. That's right. And have you ever met anyone that doesn't like to be in charge or maybe takes pride in the planning or running on a schedule or organizing everything, maybe just a bit too much from the kitchen junk drawer to the family vacation? I'm not sure there's anyone who's immune from some part of this control business. Is there? Have you ever met anyone like that? I have. Oh, tell me more. My husband. No way. Absolutely. That's why we're such a perfect match. Are you saying opposites attract, Dorcia? I think it has to in this case. (laughs) Oh, man. And I think we all know that we have this propensity or this tendency to have these control issues. But what about the idea of control is appealing to you? What about it keeps you 
kind of coming back and saying, boy, this is something I need to, to work on. But yet there's some part of it that's really fulfilling to me as a human to want to do this. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. Right. I talked in the sermon about my engineering brain and I talked about how much I loved engineering because you had compartments Mm. and you had boxes and you could put (laughs) things into boxes and control them. For some of us, that's just so appealing. It is the order. It is the everything in its place. It's the control. So appealing. It is. Yes. It is. You said, I did a root cause analysis to determine why I have this overwhelming urge to be in charge and in control. And I think I figured it out. So first things first. What exactly is a root cause analysis and can anyone (laughs) perform one? Yes. If you are well trained, you could do a root cause analysis. And actually, actually, (laughs) you can make it pretty simple. Can you? And do five whys. Five whys? Five whys. Mm-hmm. And that's a root cause analysis? Uh, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Five if you whys. ask, why did I do that? Hmm. And okay. then you answer and then you say, why did I do that? And you keep going deeper and deeper. You'll get to the final why where you cannot ask another why. Hmm. And that's your five whys. So when you're out of whys, you've met your root cause analysis Theoretically. 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 Okay. Well, I was just going to ask, if not anyone can do it, could you teach us in two or three minutes? And you did. (laughs) So when you analyzed your root cause, was it a catalyst for change or was it something that was like, oh, wow, that's heavy. I don't think I want to, I don't want to deal with that right now. See, for me, because my self-control issues are so deep. (laughs) (laughs) So by the way, for somebody who wants this much control, yeah. you often realize that you're misplaced. So when you've worked yourself up into such a frenzy, if you listen to the first half of my sermon, I kind of talked through my day. Yeah. But hopefully you heard at the end just that I am so ridiculous part <laughs> because you realize that you're really, really out of control. Yeah. So if you kind of step out of yourself and look at what you're doing, you realize this is not right. (laughs) And for me, that generates introspection. Yeah. And so I've always realized that there are things that might cause this control issue. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't very new. It's something that I think about. And, you know, they always say, if you realize what the problem is, you can start working on it. Right. Yeah. So it's not something I'm afraid of. But then it's easy because it's my base position to fall back into the control problem. Yeah. So what do you tell somebody? Mm -hmm. Because you just mentioned that you kind of have to do a little self-introspection, which Mm -hmm. can be hard, Mm -hmm. right? Especially if it's not something when people have maybe made fun of you or, you know, even if it's joking like, oh, well, here comes Miss Type A or Mr. Type A. That's right. The control freak and all this. And what if you really don't... You've heard it, but you really don't think, ah, that's not me. I'm not that controlling. How do you get to a point where you can be honest with yourself if this is something that is an overriding problem or could be, you think maybe it could be, how do I step outside of myself? How would you give someone advice to do that and to seriously analyze themselves and go, man, do I really have a problem here? So remember that husband that I 
talked about. <laughs> I met your husband. He's awesome, by the way. He is an awesome person. And you asked the question about how do you realize that you might be off? Yeah. It's looking through the eyes of somebody you trust Ooh. and who you know loves you. Okay. So when I look through his eyes and I see my reaction to him, or I see his reaction to something that I'm doing, you kind of step out of yourself and say, what did I just do? What did I just say? Yeah. Right. So it gives you a lens that's kind of a mirror. Yeah. And it's important that it's somebody you trust because otherwise you're just going to dismiss it as ah, they don't know what they're talking oh, about right. yeah, yeah. or they don't know me. Yeah. Right. But for me, when I look at my husband and I can see, what did I do to this poor man? <laughs> I just scheduled his vacation every single hour. That can't be good for him. He does not look happy. It's that mirror that you kind of look into. And through him, I can say, okay, I need to dial it down a little bit. Hide the list. <laughs> don't let, at least don't let him see it out in the exactly. open, right? Hide the checklist. <laughs> Honey, I'll be right back. I think I left something down in the lobby. That's right. <laughs> Closet list person. I like it. That's right. I like it. But I, I think that it can be someone too, after thinking about it, that you might have a connection with someone. Like, let's say you're not married or you're not involved with someone. That's right. But you can use somebody that is a really good and trusted friend that would just entrust that instinct that they have and and take that and be willing to to maybe be a little humble and say, okay, I'll take a little counsel here. And you're absolutely right about that. I use him just to indicate somebody you trust right. and somebody who you know has your best interest at heart. So for example... I have my person at work who could be my mirror because you can imagine that this control thing is kind of valued at work. They want somebody who's super organized. But when you go to the max, you need that person who is a trusted entity. And sometimes we call them mentors or sometimes we call them, you know, work friends or whatever. Sure. Those are the people that could be your mirror. So if you realize that you have this control problem, then you can set up your little mirrors that you trust. My husband doesn't know everything about work. I get somebody who understands who I can trust, who has my best interest at heart to use as the mirror. I like that because then you're not also putting everything on your husband. That's right. So it's not like you're dumping, because sometimes it can be enough in our personal lives. That's right. That your spouse is like, whoa, 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 whoa. I got all this house and all the stuff at home and our relationship. And I have all that. Yes. But I don't really understand, like you said, like what goes on at your office. And I wouldn't know where to tell you to rein this in or that in or what's a higher importance maybe here or there. So to have more, it it encourages us, I think, to be more open with ourselves and share ourselves a little bit more of our of our journey. That's I right. I think it's a positive thing. That's right. And and again, I think building relationships with different people with different flavors prevents one person from bearing the burden of (laughs) a big problem. Right. Maybe they can just address a certain area. Yeah. For me, that makes me trust their feedback more because it's specialized, right? It's tailored. So I like that too, because it also doesn't make somebody feel like they're, they're carrying the whole weight of that as your kind of your partner. That's right. And then you also get I like that. You get the tailored information too. Yes. That's good. I think this, I mean, there's a lot of spiritual implications that go along with this as well. Absolutely. That people can speak into different, expertly speak into different portions of your life 
where you need guidance spiritually as well. That's right. And and funny you mentioned that um, the spiritual aspect. One of the things we do every week right after church, we go to Sabbath school and we happen to go to the Perspective Sabbath school. Okay. And it's such a diverse crowd and we're very open and we discuss different topics. I can honestly say that I get some of my mentoring and some of my mirroring from that group. Oh, nice. Because we bring up a topic, we start talking about it, and we don't always share the same thoughts, right? Yeah. And And no matter what, you always get checklisted, Dorsey, and you always get, well, if you do this, and then you do this, <laughs> and then this is what happens with God. And we always get back to, there's 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 Jim in my class, and he talks about grace. And there's Hurtley that talks about feelings. And then there's... So there are all these people that you use as mirrors right there, right? And if you can take a little piece of everybody's best and and kind of mold that all into your experience, how much more well-rounded are you spiritually or even in this kind of control area? The more rounded we are, the better we are, I think, at just being a light. That's right. In the world. And if you have mirrors, then how do you become a mirror? Because one of the things that I really think is important in my life is to be a mirror for somebody else. Nice. So how can I help somebody else with, maybe it's not a self-control issue, right? Sure. Maybe they need time management help. Ooh, me. No. me. <laughs> if you could take a third of what I know. <laughs> exactly. If I just <laughs> share awesome. a sliver of what I have, <laughs> I could be your mirror. And maybe I motivate somebody to do something around time management, right? Maybe I share one of my tips on managing something and it's a blessing for them. So I become a different kind of mirror. And I like it because as Christians, we often are seen with or automatically people put their baggage onto us and go, oh, those Christians, I think I know them. Mm Oh, you know, they're not really that great at loving. They're not great at caring. And I feel like they just, you know, they want me to be part of their, you know, religion, but just me, the person, eh, maybe they could take me or leave me. But these little slices of being a mirror in whatever way you can really shows people that we do care because we honestly do care about their well-being in whatever area that we're gifted with to help them. Isn't that so important, though? And just like you said, I talk about work. I talk about Sabbath school insert any point of your life. (laughs) Yeah. And the question is, how are you using people as mirrors and how are you being a mirror yourself? Yeah. We could substitute our spiritual walk. Sure. Right? Sure. And people love the fact that you're interested and that you care enough to share of yourself to be a mirror or that you care enough or you think enough of them that you would ask them to be a mirror, like whichever, whatever you're asking of them. That's right. What are we talking about? Relationships. Yeah. We're just talking about building true, solid relationships. Well, oh, man, you just you just put the next one. You just you just slid it right in. You slid it right in there because we were headed next to your paraphrase, which I loved a lot, and your take on the dinner invitation, the story of Mary, Martha, and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you painted a picture that we can all see in our minds and in ourselves as you described an internally outraged Martha in this way. You said, I picture Martha walking briskly from the kitchen to the dining area and seeing Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to his word. Are you kidding? She didn't get her actions done because she was sitting around socializing with Jesus. So Martha walks into the room and discreetly pulls Jesus aside and says, Jesus, can you please tell my sister to come help me get this stuff done? But more so, I loved your beautiful conclusion and what is often, I believe, overlooked in our takeaways from Jesus in the story. You said, 
Jesus did not despise Martha's in-charge heart. He Mm -hmm. loved her. But Jesus loved Martha enough to tell her that her pursuit of perfection on earth was misguided. And I think that a lot of times we will take someone who might we might label as bossy or as in charge or as maybe hard to collaborate with in at church or in a different group. And then somehow that just puts them in a lower rung in our mind. Like maybe we're better than them Mm -hmm. because they're just hard to get along with. Mm -hmm. And here Jesus is clearly saying, no, 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 that's not the case. I would have picked something different for you, Mm -hmm. but you know, still Jesus loves her and then points out gently that, Hey, what Mary was doing, that's, that's what we need to be doing. That was just a a moment that was, that warmed my heart because as an admitted, sometimes Martha myself, Mm -hmm. how does this, or how has this idea about changed your walk with Christ as he relates to the Martha? So, Notice he didn't say, ooh, you horrible person. (laughs) Notice he didn't say, you know, stop being so bossy. First, he acknowledged what was troubling her. You're troubled about so many things. That says, I see you. I acknowledge what is that thing that's driving you. I see you as a person. And then he offers her something better. He says, there's better. So it's that demonstration of love. And we all want to know that somebody sees us as a, as of course, a person. Of course, I am who I am. I continue to struggle. I continue to work hard. But oftentimes I fall. Yeah. But he still loves me. And this doesn't disqualify us from that love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't that powerful, though? I mean, it was really hard to put into words what I was trying to, because when I thought about that, as you were saying it, I'm like, wow, I've never really thought about it in that particular way before, where Mm -hmm. Jesus is just, he's keeping her in the mix. He's making her feel safe and protected. And then, like you said, he's offering her something else and going like, hey, this, you know, you might want to try this over here too. This is pretty cool. And don't be too hard on Mary. Mm -hmm. You know, she's doing that one thing. Yes. Think of that kind of interaction. Imagine you're Martha after having that interaction with Jesus. Yeah. I don't think you walk away saying, I'm not bossy. (laughs) He didn't say you were. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't say that. I think you walk away saying, yes, I am worried. Yeah. Oh my. It makes you think. Yeah. Versus react. What is that special thing that Mary has? Yeah, it, Right. It doesn't put it onto Mary where you go like, man, I mean, okay, first off, she doesn't help me. Uh-huh. Now I'm bossy. Uh-huh. And then she still gets to sit there and she's the chosen one. Instead, right. I get to join her. Yes. I'm invited to join her in what she has. Yes. I wasn't ridiculed. I wasn't put off to the side. That's I wasn't right. made to feel lesser. That's right. That's so, that is just so awesome as you think about all the things, insert whatever your struggle is there. And Jesus has the same response. There's something better for you. It's me, by the way. Yes. And it's time with me. Yes. But just put that aside. It's okay. I I don't think less of you. I still love you. still want you to do this, but I want you to join in the part that's really going to refresh you. Isn't that powerful how he does that? I so wish every interaction that could go south, I'd figure out how to do that. Right? <laughs> right. Wouldn't think, that be great? When, think with my family, my kids, instead of reacting, I wish I could come with, I see you. Yeah. 
I have something better. Yeah. Think about it. Man, if we all those interactions went that way. Think of that oof. pattern. Yeah. If we could be just so slick. <laughs> well, and if we gave our kids that kind of power to make those interactions young so that this was just the way they attacked life mm-hmm. all the time yes. and all the problems they came into. Think of the power of just that. It's a mindset though. So think it of is. how Jesus made Martha feel. And if I transfer that to myself, because I see myself as having a similar problem. Yeah. Remember I ended with Dorcia, Dorcia, because I yeah. could internal internalize that. And to me, he's talking to me with that same kind of love. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I love the way that that story, how you use that story because it fits so well with your story. Yes. But it's also just a different way to look at a Bible story that we, you know, if you just came up to someone and said, so what do you know about the story of Mary, Martha and Jesus? And be like, oh, that's not the one with the crabby one yelling at the other one for not helping. That's right. Right. And that's like this, like, don't be, don't be Martha, be Mary. Right. Yes. And, and and so immediately there's a negative connotation about a Martha mm-hmm. and everything that goes with her. And I love it when we have guests that come and members and like I said, all these people that you just would never think that, you know, for whatever reason, that's like, wow, this is what you came up with. And a different perspective, someone else's perspective on a story that we've heard lots and lots of times, yes. but can be very much life changing when it's just presented in a way that maybe only you would think of it. It's That's the exciting part. That is the exciting part of hearing different people and their experiences, right? And being Absolutely. able to relate to that. Yes. So how do you balance your inner Martha with the, your realization that, as you said, not only is it impossible for us as humans to control our circumstances with godlike ability, it is also prideful and inherently unstable. How do you work that through and come to how did you come to that realization? Well, because it is unstable. It's the smackdown that you get <laughs> every time you lose control. Yeah. So no matter how often, see, see, especially with my problem, my self-control problem, it makes itself known over and over how much I'm not in control. Yeah. So it's that instability that I'm talking about. You can go plowing. For example, I'm I'm rushing to get here. Yeah. I told you I would be here at 513. Mm-hmm. Traffic happens. That's Absolutely. just a silly example. Dorcia cannot control traffic, no oh. matter how hard she tries. Oh, if she could, though. <laughs> if she could, she would. <laughs> she <laughs> would. She can. If she would do it well, I'm sure. So again, that's just one example for one short period during one short day. So for my problem, if I'm truly honest with myself, I realize that every single day, that what I'm doing is fruitless. Yeah. And if it is fruitless, you have to find a better way. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to find a better way. And you look at the alternatives. Remember, I have an engineering brain. So you start going through <laughs> the trade studies and the analysis and you realize there is, is no, no other way. better way. Yeah. That's it. And then you realize that it's so easy because he's not yelling at you. He's saying... Dorcia. Dorcia. <laughs> right? All right. Now, you guys just heard. Now, this is an engineer we're talking to. So I'm sitting across the table from. And if she says there's no other way, then you should trust her because <laughs> I, she's done She's done the root cause I, analysis I deep dive on this. Okay? That's right. 
I loved this message because maybe at no time in history has the content and the message contained and the need for actionable and attainable answers been needed more than right now. As busy as everyone is, whether you really sit down and, and compartmentalize things, make checklists, and we all have calendars on our phones and we're trying to make sure that the kids get here and we get here, we make this meeting and how are we going to do this if we don't have a, you know, the cars used here? There's a million things that we end up juggling. Help us with some practicals here that we can implement and then build on as we get better. How does Dorcia prioritize time at Jesus' feet, as you said, and put your trust in him to work things out? So this may be the wrong answer. <laughs> However, I schedule time. What? Okay. It's playing my weakness to become a strength. Ooh. I talked about if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't, doesn't get, happen. Yeah, it doesn't I get said, done. So I put it on, on my, my calendar. calendar. So nice. instead of waking up and again, Maybe for somebody else, somebody would say to me, hey, you're being a Martha again. I am Martha. <laughs> yeah. That is what I am. Right. So let's say I need time at Jesus's feet. I put it in. And let's so be the best Martha we can be, right? That's right. And use my weakness. As a strength. As my strength. Oh, to go people. Figure. Right there. Right. Did you hear that? <laughs> use your weakness as a strength. How can you turn what's currently causing you discomfort, what's causing you stress, what's causing you to think less of yourself at times, this thing that like, why can't I get a handle on this? How can you turn your weakness into a strength? That's beautiful. I love it. It is what we all, because again, Jesus wants us. He wants us. So I, so you ask, what do I do? I schedule, schedule time for time. him. I like it. What's the one thing, and I probably know the answer, and if you've already said it, say it again. It's fine. What's the one thing that you hope people take away from this message that could really alter, just alter the way that they see themselves and whatever issue it is that's controlling them? You know, it's funny you should ask. Since the sermon, I have run into random people with problems. <laughs> No, and, and nice. even more so, or maybe I'm just more attuned, maybe. Sure. Yeah. And, and the message is really as simple as it's set up. God is in control. So, for example, I was traveling for work this week, and I happened to sit down and talk to this woman. She was talking about her job, and she was worried. And I happened to know that, you know, she shared my faith. And I said to her, Sasha, God is in control. And do you know what her response was? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's the obvious right in front of us, right? right? And, and again, I didn't have to come up with any fresh new words. I didn't have to. That statement that God is in control, when you say that to somebody, you don't have to understand the details of their problems. Think of any problem that you have. Think about it. Any problem that you have. Yeah. If you respond with your heart with that God is in control it could mean anything to anybody, and it is so yeah. very comforting. So the benefit of my message is that, really, he got it. Yeah, God is in control. And I think even for those people that would maybe not share our faith, and mm -hmm. you, if you ask the same question, or if they ask the same question, and you said, for me, it's God is in control. Mm -hmm. 
And that might open the door to a whole nother like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I don't believe all this God business is in control. And if God's in control, I mean, we can go down a million rabbit holes. Why do bad things happen? Why? Like last week, we talked about the wise questions we will never completely understand. Uh-huh. But I think that's an opportunity for the for us to allow the Holy Spirit to plant seeds through that our is, conversations. That is awesome. That is a fantastic point. And so the parsing is that if you're unsure of how the person feels, if yeah. you say it with, if you say it with, in a very heartfelt way, for me, yeah, God is in control. And then you're still listening. You're still open. You're still in the conversation. Absolutely. That sounds so very Jesus-like. <laughs> like, I, I can't tell you. Yeah, I can't tell you how you have to feel. That's right. I don't know your journey in all the intricacies, and I never will, because it's very rare that we would ever share the deep, dark details That's of right. all of our stuff. Mm-hmm. But in the, in essence, if it's if they look us in the eye, and people have the best garbage detectors out there, especially someone that knows you're a Christian and is either on the fence, a former Christian, or never been anything as far as religion goes or mm-hmm. spirituality, mm-hmm. they know right away whether or not you're just trying to give them a line That's or right. whether you're sincere. And if mm-hmm. you say, I think in that situation, for me, God is in control. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but you know, you, I mean, what's the next logical step? I'd be happy to pray with you mm-hmm. if that's okay. Most people aren't going to say no. And you could do that from the body language too, right? right. Yeah. You're totally playing off that. If, absolutely. And, and, and if you feel that and you feel compelled by the Holy Spirit, then that is the right next thing to do, right? What an opportunity that'll be. And I thought about that as, and it wasn't something that I prepared for, but it was something I was thinking about last night. It was, I don't know, two, three o'clock this morning as I was finishing this all up, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's it's easy for us to try to brush over the hard stuff. And this can be hard Mm -hmm. to admit that we have faults and to give, give up control is probably the hardest thing we do. Even if it's not, if we're not a control person, but truly to give up personal control to God is probably the hardest thing we do as Christians. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about that last night and this whole thing, like, what would you say to somebody to make them feel what you're feeling? How do you get them to understand? And I'm like, maybe it's just that simple. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is. And I I think, I think it is. I think I'm agreeing with you. All right. I I think we're in full agreement here. Virtual high five across (laughs) the table. We can't reach across. (laughs) Oh man, that's awesome. I have thoroughly enjoyed this time that we've spent together. And as we begin to wrap up this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, in the story of Mary and Martha, Jesus tells Martha, 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 you are worried and upset about many things. Only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And it asks, what do you think Jesus means when he says only one thing is needed? And let's be honest, we all have been Martha at one point in our lives or with many different ways in our lives. And we've all looked over at family member, a coworker, and thought, what a slacker. Right. We can all see how our way is better, faster, and of course, smarter. And I've always thought that the only one thing is needed in this story was literally our relationship with God and more specifically spending time with him. But secondarily, I think it's also tied to the greatest of these in that we can only want this if we love him. Mm -hmm. He's always loved us and we will never sit with him and put all of our stuff on the table, however important, and all that stuff aside, if we don't love him. 
Would love to hear what you think about the one thing is needed and maybe how you've applied this in your life. Or maybe you just have a Martha story to tell. Would love to hear those and share those as well. Leave a voicemail or send a text to 407-965-1607 or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And our final thoughts are from the closing of Dorcia's message where she said, For those of you who resonate with my control anxiety and have issues of control in your lives, I encourage you to join me in prioritizing time at Jesus' feet. We may have emails to send, people to feed, and responsibilities to fulfill. But when we choose fellowship with God first and put our trust in Him, we acknowledge that He is the center of our universe. We recognize that He is the thing that holds it all together. So how about that? Did you find a bit or maybe a lot of yourself in what was just said? I love those last two sentences. But when we choose fellowship with God first and put our trust in Him, we acknowledge that He is the center of our universe. We recognize that He is the thing that holds it all together. That was amazing. Amen. Amen. Did you feel as good writing that as I did just reading it? You know, I was listening to you completely entranced. I'm just thinking... Yes. Who wrote that? I know. I love that, that person. Awesome. <laughs> They're good. I, how comforting. <laughs> and that voice. I loved it. Oh, I loved thanks. it. I loved hearing it from your voice. Because remember, I only heard it in Dorcia's voice. Right, right. And and that was amazing. Thank well, you. Well, we heard it in Dorcia's voice last week, and we also saw it in Dorcia's smile. Uh, and that was beautiful. That was beautiful. You. Thank you. All right. I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a thing that's been happening over the last couple of weeks. Do you know who is doing the message this week and the topic? Cook, Vivian, Tim. Was that his first name? God is. is love. God is love. See, I am looking forward to it. We are people. We are five for five. Everyone has known. It all started in week one. Because I was like, I don't know who's upcoming because sometimes I don't get the email early enough. Uh-huh. And then Tammy's like, oh, you don't have to wait for the email. I'll send you the list. And I'm like, well, don't rack it now because I'm like, Tomas, how did you know who was upcoming? And he's like, oh, see, I don't remember what he said. And then the next week, Ryan knew. And then the next week, Megan knew. And I'm like, how do you guys know what's upcoming? I don't know. And they're like, because you have to tell the camera at the end of the service. You do. <laughs> but also... This series has been awesome. It has been. I am looking forward to God is love. I am <laughs> I'm too. excited. <laughs> I am excited as well. And this will be, unfortunately, the last installment. Uh, so we will get, hopefully, get Vivian and Tim. I'm super excited. Uh, have worked with them in the past. And I'm super excited to be able to sit down and have a conversation with them. So hopefully, we will be able to do the complete series and get all of the guest speakers this year. I don't think we've ever been able to get everybody because of scheduling conflicts, but this year we have made it work. So thank you again, Dorcia, for on a travel day and to try to fight traffic to get here. It's more than we could have asked for. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you to everyone also that you're listening for your recent diligence and not only listening, but sharing the podcast. I have noticed that every week we've invited you through this series to share with family and with friends, and we've seen the listenership go way up as we've been doing that. And so thank you everyone for doing and sharing. And as always, do join us again next Wednesday for episode 165 with Vivian and Tim Cook. Thanks for listening and have a great week.